Hello, everybody. Welcome to Arsenal. Oh, no, that's not right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pop. Hey, what is <laughs> Corey? Uh, Jesse, uh, everybody, welcome to Arsenal Block. <laughs> this is uh, Nintendo really Power Block. <laughs> yes, very confused. Everybody, this is Nintendo Power Block and Arsenal X crossover. Joining me for I am your host, Eddie V from Power Block, Corey Derrick. What's up, Corey? I'm here. Yay. Yay. Hi, boss. Oh, my gosh, dude. I'm I'm so happy we're doing this. I mean, like, <laughs> besides the, like, scheduling reasons, like, I'm really happy we're doing this. <laughs> yes. And joining me from Arsenal X is Mr. Jesse Douglas. Hi, Jesse. Ha, 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 you. <laughs> Like I said, that'll, that'll be my new sign on. Ed gets so excited and it's hilarious. <laughs> yes, because I'm happy to talk with you guys and I'm glad that we're doing this crossover episode. So, yes, everybody, for this one, we are merging two shows into one. Uh, as always, you can find us on ngrradio.com and on NGR Radio on YouTube. You'll find our shows there. Uh, but this episode, we're going to be touching on some great Nintendo games and some great Xbox games and bringing you guys news and conversations that kind of uh, equal both of them, that kind of fall under it. But as always, what is in your arsenal or in what have you been playing? Because <laughs> there's no, there's nothing for Nintendo Power Block. So I know I'm like, we just, we just. What have you been playing? What have you been playing? I don't know. Uh, I kind of well, like before we get into like what we've been playing. I, I like this idea. Like honestly, I like the idea of just like the mashup. You know the mashup show where like yeah, because it's kind of like. Not not saying like each show doesn't have its benefits, but like just having like all of it together kind of feels cool. And like we're finally ha- we have like this weird amalgamation of podcasts just go exactly. So I don't know. Sorry. And sometimes to... on the show that we talk about, we'll talk about the other show's content. I know. <laughs> Yeah, Part of me just thinks the... we should just smash them together and make one big podcast of both <laughs> of them. That yeah, that's the funny. that's the thing. Like, because you know, like I'll occasionally come on some of the other stuff, but but it's it's like I you know I I love talking about Xbox, but yeah, we we always want to talk about everything else because it's obviously we're not just playing Xbox. Yes. And so that's... you know we don't want to feel like we have to apologize all the time to talk about something else and then. This way, it's kind of nice. It's just you know, yeah. Because expected. for like for like three weeks, like we were we were talking Xbox stuff, and then quietly in the Facebook chat that we're all in, we were talking about Mario Rabbids in the Facebook <laughs> <Yeah>. chat <laughs> while we were playing in Arsenal X, and it's like, but I want to talk to Jesse about Nintendo. <laughs> exactly. So. But on this episode of Arsenal Black or this crossover, yeah, let's get into what's been in our arsenal for what we've been playing. Let's put it like that. Uh, I'm going to actually start with you, Jesse, because me and you did something yesterday night. Oh, I see. And, that, and <laughs> that was like a eye-opener for that. I say, I say one bad thing about Mario Odyssey, and it just ignores me forever now. Well, boss, hold it. <laughs> I'm going to get to you. 
All right, I I got a I got a rundown. I, I literally <laughs> oh, no. had to write. Oh no, Jesse! Oh no! <laughs> that face! <laughs> oh, I am so happy. I'm so giddy right now. Gracious, <sighs> y'all two are kidding me today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like what the, the would Tom you do? or the Tom Hanks wave on the on the fishing boat. He's like. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, but Jesse, what's been in your arsenal for what you've been? Like playing? I said, I got I had to write it down because I had quite a bit that I was kind of playing. Um, all right, starting with Nintendo, I had I was on Switch. I played uh, Steam World Dig Two, and then uh, I picked up a couple of NES SNES games the other day. You guys know about them. And I played uh, Secret of Evermore a little bit just to kind of make sure that it, it worked and everything. And then uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Tournament Fighters for yes. Super Nintendo. Yes. And I played that a little bit more than the other one just because I, uh, I don't, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. I had to, once I started looking up the, you know, the moves and all that kind of stuff, so I kind of had an understanding of how to how to play it. Even then, I started doing a little bit better, but man, is it hard? You know, Donat- for it's a yeah. hard game. Donatello is the strongest one, and pretty much Michelangelo is like Ken in a way because of his nunchucks, uh, dragon punching and stuff. Okay, yeah, I only played as uh, Raphael and Leonardo the other day, just you know, when I was trying it. Yeah, Leonardo. I like Leonardo, but but yeah, it's just I'm. I'm not used to playing fight fighting games at all anymore because I, you know, when I was younger and, you know, when I was first starting to get into gaming and all that, I'd play Street Fighter and all that in the arcades and on Game Boy and and all that stuff when I was younger and and you know always loved Mortal Kombat, but it's been probably since the beginning of the 360 that I is really when I just kind of stopped playing fighting games so yeah yeah dude it's it's crazy how like the archetypes of the turtles have changed since back then because like yeah donatello back then was like he was either like the strongest one or he was like almost like the novice kind of character because his weapon's the longest yeah and then Raphael was always like the quickest back then and like you'd always want to get quick hits in with Raphael, whereas now like Rafa is like the the brooding he's like the muscle now you know and yeah. leonardo has kind of taken that quick step that quick the quickness roll over and then donatello is kind of like the ranged character now because of his staff and and there's michelangelo yeah. who we just i don't know he might have been dropped on his head when he was little or something because he ate <laughs> some paint chips yeah <laughs> paint chip pizza or something and then uh i playstation i i actually played a playstation game i was playing uh the wrestlemania arcade game you know from the original playstation and that was always one of my favorite games and i i just kind of wish that they would bring a arcade style wrestling game back again because those are always a lot of fun you know just goofy and and just you know more more entertaining than anything else. Is that the one with Dunk the Clown? Yeah, Doink the Clown, and Doink. then 
Yeah. Like, yeah, and then you had, like, uh, you know, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and, you know, like, all the popular ones during that time. And, it, yeah, and, like, they're, like, it was by, Arc, uh, by, Ac, um, what is it, um, Acclaim or whatever. Yeah. And they, they uh, yeah, and they're, it was just, like, really goofy, like, they're, they would you know, do all these weird things and like stuff would fly out of them when you hit them and stuff like that. It just was really, really weird, fun game. But yeah, I, I, I've been playing that like on and off for, well, since I got up a place to, you know, since it came out, I've used to play it all the time, you know, when I only had a PS and, and then eventually PS2, you know, could play it too. But so I play that. I played that a little bit because I just had found it again because I just kind of digging through all my old school games that I had. So, and then for Xbox, I I picked up Siege a little bit and uh, Destiny Two. I played a little bit last night before going to bed. And then uh, Rogue Legacy is a game uh, that I pick up every once in a while. I don't know if you guys have played that. I heard of it. I just haven't played it. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like it's it's intended to be super hard because you're not really, I don't know. Like the the maps, you're really supposed to fight to get through them. Uh-huh. Like it, they make them really difficult, and then but as you go through, you get money and you know breaking things, and then you can upgrade your your character with stuff. And then um, like let's say you kind of went through the map and you cleared out most of it and you had an understanding of where you were going after you die you you pick like a mixture of the your character basically that you were last it ends up kind of being uh an ancestor of your character that you were last uh-huh. so you get like uh there's different things that you can pick from like like they might it might be be like a tank where it can take a lot of damage but it's like colorblind or, or like you have to like, it's dyslexic or something. So like when you're trying to push up, you're, you have to push down for up or, you know, like weird things like that. If I remember correctly is, are some of the things that you can have with your character, but, but yeah, it's like, it's pretty difficult, but the idea is to go through and then after you die, you can go into that same level again. You get this thing where it kind of locks down the level. So it will use the same level that you were just playing in. So then you can understand what you know where you need to go again if you think that you know what you need to do to progress. Or otherwise, you can it just randomly you know has different levels over and over again randomly if you don't do that. You know, each time you start a new game, and then. Um, me and me and Ed <laughs> played some Gears of War four last night. So yes, we, I I'm not used to the game yet, so it was it was pretty difficult. Like Ed was basically having to uh, re- <laughs> help me like every every so often, and we were just playing on uh, on the lowest setting, I think, and I was just still getting my butt kicked. But I just I was having issues like whenever I would try to use the chainsaw melee, I would like literally have my chainsaw started, walk up to the guy and it just wouldn't do anything. 
And so then he would hit me and it would knock me out of my, out of my melee attack. And so like, I was just having some, some issues like that, that I'm just, you know, I haven't played it enough to really get used to it. So, but, but, uh, still had a lot of fun though. And we were, we had, we had one issue where the game broke (laughs) on us. Like we literally walked into the area and the, the music started getting all dramatic and, like that's when the guys w- would normally come running out, and then we would have to start fighting them. But the song, the song would go, dun, 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 and then all of a sudden, nothing would happen. We're like, what the heck? Yeah, they just decided that they don't want to want to play anymore or something. strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> so we literally we reset it, and it just kept on doing that. And so then we had to go to the. You, you ended up just going to the uh, save spot before that or something? Is that what yeah. ended up happening? Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. We were laughing about that. But, yeah, we were playing the story mode, and and I I really do enjoy it. Like, I like the, the uh, cutscene stuff where you had to kind of control your character when you're uh, riding those wires flying up towards the, the surface again. And stuff like that. There's a lot of a lot of uh, really neat stuff going on. I just, you know, not used to it. So, and then you know, we I'm starting like in the middle of the game, so there was no, you know, ramping up to getting good at it. I was just kind of right in the middle of the game when stuff's getting real already. So, you know, I I do want to try to play it from the beginning sometime, and then. Uh, and hopefully, you know, after I play it for a while, I'll get better at it. So, but I do enjoy it. So that was a lot of fun. Nice, yeah. nice. Gears is so good. I yeah, dude. That's one thing. Like when people rip on Xbox for not having like quote unquote enough like games out there. You go back and play Gears Four, and I mean, even the Ultimate Edition to an extent, you know, or like Halo 4 and 5 on like the Master Chief collection and then 5 like they do such a great job with the properties that they have and like Gears of War 4, you know, I I know a lot of people have an issue with the ending and it just kind of like abruptly ends or whatever, which is mm-hmm. which is fine cuz you want it to lead into a sequel, right? Like yeah. I I yeah, I'm of two minds of that. Like, I really don't care that it ended like that. But like at the same time, it's like, give me like some kind of cool giant boss to fight or whatever. And like, it was cool. But like the the level design and the characters and just like the mechanics of the games just feel so good that it's like, I don't know, man. I just I feel bad that people forget about those games because they're still technically sound. They're graphically intense. Like. It's just everything you want in an action game, you know? Gears is everything you want in an action game. Cool level design, cool monsters to fight, big bads, cool weapons, you know, awesome dialogue between the characters. Like, that's what you want in an action game, and, like, it just sucks that people forget about that. I mean, I, I've i forgotten about Gears, I, admittedly, too, until, rec- until, like, you know, we started talking about it on the show, and I went back and started playing it, and now I can't get enough of Gears. You know, I play multiplayer... I played multiplayer like three times this week. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and the the thing is, you know, like going back to people saying that there's not games for for Xbox. You know, I'm I'm 
I could say the same thing about PlayStation, and that's why I don't have a PS4, is there's not enough games on their system that I personally care about to get one. So, But that's the thing, is I like first-person shooters, so Xbox is basically where where you go to get the, you know, all that kind of stuff, because, I mean, two of their main you know, franchises are first-person shooters, or, well, third-person, technically Gears is a third-person shooter, but, I mean, it's all, it's all relative, it's all in the same idea, you know, as, like, Halo has the first-person, like, basically the best style of first-person that you can play, and Gears, in my opinion, has the best third-person that you can play, Mm -hmm. so, why do you think so many games have ripped them off? Why do you think yeah. like so many third-person action games came out after Gears that ripped them off? Like, you look at, <clears throat> I mean, you still look this generation like the division, to, like the mechanics of the the division, like control-wise and mechanically, like totally Gears of War. You know, Ghost Recon, yeah. <laughs> Gears of War. You know, you you look at all all the console games since the PS2, Xbox, GameCube era, all the first-person shooters after that ripped off halo right like yeah like call of duty wouldn't be what it was without what it is now without halo you know destiny like granted same developer but like destiny wouldn't be where it's at because without halo you know like halo did so much for console first person shooters and like you know we got cool ideas with goldeneye and perfect dark on n64 and you know a couple other ones for playstation but like Halo really knocked it out of the park with controls and like if there's a reason why there's seven games in the series and the series is coming up on almost almost 20 years <laughs> at this point you know like it, it it there's a reason why it's still going you know it's 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 a force to be reckoned with you know and, and it's man that game is good gosh Halo 5 is so good yeah yeah, I I've haven't really played the the story mode yet, but um, like yeah, like I definitely have been enjoying uh, Halo 5's uh, multiplayer mode. It like because I you know I grew up and absolutely love Halo 2. Like that's still my favorite, you know. And I do I do appreciate and do enjoy. You know that that original style of playing multiplayer, and I'll admit, like when when four came out, I re- I really wasn't interested in it just because it was kind of a change that I didn't really care for. Mm-hmm. But but I feel like five is more. It's they've changed it, but it's more true to that original. Uh, multiplayer mode like I, I it's not like i just didn't like the whole power-ups like how each class had like a different kind of style power-up things and all that i just didn't really care for that i just preferred like having those power-ups on the map and you kind of rushing to get to them but i i feel like five is is like a good uh well enough mix between the two of them that it's like done perfectly in my opinion it's it's a uh, it's improved the original multiplayer style to a point where it's not 
too too much of a change, but mm. it's the changes that were needed to make well, it you know more modern. A lot of people, a lot of reviewers felt that the multiplayer saved Halo Five. I mean, yeah. that's why it was getting all like sixes and sevens and stuff. They were just like, if you get Halo Five, go for the multiplayer. Don't go for the campaign. Yeah, which I which I kind of feel like that was unfair, but yeah. Yeah, they said, I think out of all the Halos, they say that they think that 5 is the strongest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of like that. I, I'm kind of the same way with, uh, I've been talking with some people on, you know, like on the Facebook things and stuff about games. And, and one of them that, that kind of falls into the same category, I feel like, is Halo 5 in some ways is uh, the third the third uh, Dead Space like it's it's not a great game but at the same time it i still appreciated it just because i i guess probably because i'm such a big fan of that franchise mm-hmm. i still wanted to play it even though it wasn't wasn't what everyone wanted and i kind of feel like you know that's kind of the same with Halo 5 story mode is is it's not what everyone wanted but at the same time i think it should be appreciated because it I, I feel like what I've seen of it, it, it's pretty impressive in its own way. And, you know, it is kind of a bummer when that happens, when people just kind of don't even, it some, sometimes seems like people just don't even try to give it a chance. And and I think it should, you know. And, and if you, you know, if you're new to, like, playing the Dead Space games and you play 1 and 2 and, you know, you hear people say, oh, don't even try three. I, I honestly think if you really liked one and two, you should just still try three. You know, it's if you got EA access like I do, I got it for free. And I, I borrowed it when I played three, so I didn't even pay anything for it. So that's part of the reason probably why it doesn't affect me as, as negatively is because I never really actually had to pay any money for it, but... But if you can find a way to play Dead Space 3, I think you should play that, too. I have it on PS3. And Halo 5, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Halo 5, I'm halfway done. I just got to finish it. But is, is that all that's been in your arsenal? For uh, me? Jesse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. just like... I forgot that we're still on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, boss man. Uh, for Nintendo Power Block. Corey, oh, is that me? What, is that me? Yes. Uh, what's been in, what you've been playing in your arsenal? Oh, jeez. Okay, so I've I've been playing a ton of Switch, but before I get to my Switch games, like I I got one of my birthday gifts early from my mom. Thanks, mom. Uh, yeah. today I started playing South Park and the Fractured Butthole, and man, if there was ever a game made for the freaking switch it's south park dude like every time like when i turn it on and like i saw the combat being played out on screen and like walking around south park for the like 30th time because i played through the stick of truth and like one of the one of the early knocks i do have on the game is like it's south park and like the city doesn't change Right, it's just like okay, I know where I'm at in the city here. Uh, I know where Stan's house is. I know where Kyle's house is. I know where Kenny's house is. Even though Kenny's house, like that area, looks different because of the the hipster 
episodes that happened between Stick of Truth and uh, uh, Fractured Butthole. And so, like, it's all, like, that hippie area now. And uh, so, like, I, I was just kind of, like, walking through the city. I played through the tutorial, like, and the, tu- the beginning of the tutorial is actually, like, you're still playing the, like, the Lord of the Rings style game where, like, you know, you're the king. You're still the king of, of the kids because, like, at spoilers for the end of Stick of Truth, you become the king of the kids, you know, and Eric's really mad. Eric Cartman's really mad, so, like, he stops playing, and so you're playing through, and you're the king, and you wield all the power and stuff, and you're fighting your way back through because Cartman sends you a distress signal from his backyard. So, like, you get there, and he's not there, but all of a sudden, like, Cartman shows up in his coon costume and he's like decides that everybody wants should play superheroes now because he lost so he wants to change games like typical South Park faction. Uh so and that's not a spoiler it's in the commercials and it's the first like 10 minutes of the game so uh if you're mad you get get over it I guess I don't know. Uh but so like I go through the town and like it it does this really cool thing of like if you pay, if you design your character to be a girl, it does this really like it's it does this thing where in the first game you can only play as a boy, right? So in this one, if you pick a girl, it does this whole thing of like are you really a girl? Are you transgender? Are you like gay? Are you straight? Like all these things to like explain away the first game, right? And like <laughs> there's this really funny scene with Mr. Mackey because if you show up to his office as a girl because you were a boy in the first game, uh-huh. the conversation, he picks up the phone like three or four times to call your parents to like flesh out the details of like, why aren't you a boy in this game? And it's actually like a really smart and like, it's funny. Like the way it plays out is really funny, but it also like for people who aren't, up on like aren't keeping up with like the politics and the the kind of like to be honest confusion of like transgender rights and trans the transgender movement and like the difference between like cis and straight and gay and transgender and like all these other words you know like it does a good job of kind of explaining it to you but in like the jokey south park way (laughs) so like it Dude, just sitting in his office, listening to him talk to your parents about all this is just, like, <laughs> one of the funniest South Park moments I think I've seen since, like, the World of Warcraft episode. <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it's, it's funny. But, like, I don't, I don't know if, like, this game's going to resonate, like, not resonate, but, like, hit a lot of people the way the first game did. Because the first game took a lot of people by surprise just how good it was. Well, like, yeah, we had to it had to prove all all of all those past games being so bad. Yeah, and like this game, I mean, they switched up the combat and stuff, and the loot system's really cool. And designing a superhero is really cool, as opposed to like the like the Lord of the Rings game they were playing in the first place. Like designing your superhero is cool. The powers and stuff actually play out on screen, and it's really cool because like <laughs> when if you're fighting in the street. Like, sometimes the battle will just stop, and one of the kids will yell, car, and they all get like get out of the street and just stand and watch the car go by. <laughs> and they're like, 
it's okay, we can keep playing, and then they'll go back in the street and keep fighting each other. Like, it's really funny. Like, it just, it's really charming to the point where, like, if you take, even if you take all the South Park stuff away, you know, it's really charming the way, like, the kids, like, take spaghetti strainers and cardboard and wooden swords and, and, you know, paper bags and just design all this stuff and then as you equip like the paper bag on the screen it'll translate into like what it would look like if it was a real superhero costume and like you can mm-hmm. just see the imagination of the kids play out on the screen it's just it's it's really cool to see that and it it like i i i almost wish this wasn't a south like i wish somebody would take that idea and apply it to a non south park game you know like it's like a kids RPG where like the kids are actually doing this and you, it's like, it takes a serious tone yes. you know, and, and watch it play out. Cause like, it's really cool to see that play out and watch the kids do stuff. And then <laughs> on top of that, you get like really powerful fart powers and stuff. And you go in Stan's <laughs> house, Randy's just sitting there on the couch, eating crap, getting real drunk, watching TV. And you know, <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, if, if, if you've ever seen a South Park episode, you know what to expect when you see these different characters. So, uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be like a top five for me, but it's still like a really good RPG. And if you're a big South Park fan, you should definitely check it out. Uh, and, and even if you're not, it's a pretty decent, like baby's first tactics game. So they they ah. they did away they actually did away with the Paper Mario style combat from the first one. Nah. This is this is more of a very very light Fire Emblem, I would say, because the the battles are grid based now, and you can move the characters around and strategically place them to to uh, do combos and stuff. So that's pretty oh, cool. okay. That's pretty cool. Uh, but like I said, I've only played about an hour and a half. Mm probably about an hour and a half of the game but it's it's really good so far uh so i'm really excited <laughs> for for like a month from now <laughs> when i get the rest <laughs> of my birthday gifts because it's like uh target has the buy two get one sale this yes week. uh and the other two games i'm going to get eventually are assassin's creed origins yes. which dude i've been watching a lot of gameplay on that and that game looks that game looks really good like I I've ta- talked down on Assassin's Creed a lot on the show, except for Black Flag, because I will never talk down on Black Flag, even if I know there's stuff wrong <laughs> with that game. <laughs> but like the straight up RPG that they've made this game, and like the bo- like the hallucination Egyptian bosses that you fight, and just the the loot system that they adapted from games like Diablo. And just picking up a new weapon every five minutes and, and changing stuff and, and the story I hear is really good. Like I'm really excited to play it. And then uh obviously Wolfenstein two is the other big game that came out. So uh like you Ed, I'm probably gonna double dip on it, get it for Switch when it comes out. But I did get it for Xbox, so uh I'm excited to play that too. But moving on to Switch, I've been playing a lot of Switch games because a lot of a lot has come out in the last couple weeks. Like Fire Emblem Warriors, I'm I'm making my way through that, but like any Dynasty Warriors game, it is it is getting a little repetitive. You know, it's 
Like as much as you want to appreciate the Fire Emblem strategy stuff in it, it's still a hack and slash Dynasty Wars game, and you're just slashing through hundreds of enemies. Like it's good, mindless fun for about forty five minutes at a time, and then I'll switch right. it, switch it switch it out. Uh, I am enjoying it though. In the soundtrack, I did pop in one of the CDs and listen to it. Really good. Um, but the the big game I've been playing, obviously Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, I I like this game a lot. It it does a lot of things right. But you know, I I want to put a caveat on this. Like Edward and I talk about this all the time. I'm not the biggest 3D Mario fan. I do love the 2D Mario games, and I love the. I guess you would call it almost like a 2.5D of the 3D of Mario 3D World. Like I love that version of Mario where you hop into a level, it gives you the objective, but then you go through and find like you find the coins, you find you know the secrets and or the secret exit or whatever, and you go move on to the next stage. Whereas like. And even in Mario 64, when you went in to that first, uh, the first painting, you knew exactly what you needed to do. You jumped in, you go to the top, you fight uh, King Babam, or you race the Koopa Troopa to the top, or you know you find the eight red coins. I like that designation for a Mario game, and I mm-hmm. and like you know I've I've kind of voiced my opinion on online places, and people are like, well, you like Zelda, you know, you you like the openness of Zelda. And I'm like, yeah, but for me, Zelda is about the exploration. Half of the fun of Zelda is the exploration and breath of the wild really blew that out of the water, you know, whereas Mario, I like the idea of, okay, here's your objective, figure out how to complete this objective. So you can move on to the next objective. Right. And to me, Mario Odyssey feels very overwhelming in the fact that, these moons are literally everywhere. They are literally everywhere. I've probably put about 10 hours into the game at this point. I have 120 moons. And I'm just now getting to New Dog City. And it's like, I, I and Ed, we talked about this be, while, you know, Jesse was resetting his system. Like, I, <laughs> like, uh, well, shoot, now, I, now I'm off track because I started thinking about something else. <laughs> shoot wow oh right i wow man my head hurts i'm sorry uh i was i was talking about how you know i i'm frantically going through these levels like trying to find every moon in the kingdom at one time before i move on and like the game is specifically designed for you not to do that you are supposed to beat the game before you find all the moons because it unlocks more areas within the kingdom, the kingdoms, it unlocks, you know, new enemies that you can capture to get new places. You know, it, it, it specifically makes you beat the game before you go back and actually find all the moons. So like I finally got the new donk city. I'm making my way through. I'm finding all the checkpoints that way I can warp around and, and get the moons as I see fit, you know, and, and maybe that mind having that new mindset, will change my opinion as I go through and collect these moons. Uh, but with that said, like I, I did mention on the world one, one podcast that like, I do have a little bit of issues with the camera, 
you know, because this is the first 3D Mario game with a movable camera, and like, it's just kind of funky. Like, I don't, I don't really know what it is, but like, the camera's kind of funky, and like, the swimming feels kind of archaic. Uh, you know, to swim down, I feel like I find myself doing the butt stop move a lot just to sink to the ocean floor. But everything other than that, besides besides feeling overwhelmed. I think this game is a phenomenal feat for a Mario game. You know, the the kingdoms are super dense. The kingdoms have so much to do within them. And, like, that first kingdom, like, they land you in not, not the Cap Kingdom, but the second kingdom you land in is, mm. like, it, on the surface level, it looks it looks relatively small, right? But as you progress through it, you're like, oh, well, I can capture this thing to blow up this wall to get to the next area. Oh, there's a hole here. What if I jump down this hole? There's like three new areas in this hole for you to explore. And like, you know, you you hang off the ledge of this one thing and you find a secret passage into a secret room that has two or three moons in it. And you have to figure out like, okay, I got to the secret room. Here's the moon for the secret room. But there's also one or two secrets within the secret room. So like, it's just, it's so incredibly dense full of content and like this is this is like it does everything the opposite of breath of the wild where breath of the wild really reinvented zelda this just totally doubles down on what a great 3d mario game is and it delivers man this is a this is definitely a must own for the switch it is a must own for anybody who is remotely thinking about being a nintendo fan you know like Yes. This 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 is the re- Mario Odyssey is the reason why 3D platformers still exist. Like, you know, they they've had they've fallen off a lot of places. They've tried to change things up, you know. Ratchet and Clank did a cool job last year of kind of bringing it back with like the platforming, the action, the weapons and stuff. Uh Knack is trying. God bless his little heart. He's trying. Uh but you know like Mario is the reason why 3D platforms still exist. And I I am kind of blown away by the sheer amount of content in this game. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's incredible. And, and, you know, after this feeling of being overwhelmed goes down, you know, because the, the game's only been out for two days at this point. So I I just I just need to get keep getting my bearings and keep moving through and learning the spaces and learning... You know, because like moving through Mario 64 is like second nature to me. I've played that game so many times. I know where I'm at in every single level and where all the stars are. Whereas, you know, this is a new experience for me. I need to learn the spaces. And they're not they're not just like a one or two level playing field. There's some of these some of these kingdoms have 10, 12, 14 floors to them. Like, you know, if you were to like make a compare it to like a building, you know, like. And then within these floors, there's mazes and secret rooms, and sometimes you got to capture something to get to specific place. It's it's phenomenal, like it's really phenomenal. And all all the different suits you can collect, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people are been posting the clown outfit and trying to yeah. make it like Pennywise. It's yeah. like become one of us in the streets. Yeah, I'm just I like, have. Wow. Right now, I have the black suit on with the the backwards famicom hat on it's great oh wow it's awesome it's cool so mario odyssey is a 
testament to why Mario's been around for over 30 years and why he's going to last a lot longer than 30 more. You know, it's it's incredible. I I you know, I understand why this game is going to be people's game of the year. You know, it's 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 awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's I'll let you finish, Corey. I don't know if that's everything. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I, that's all I had to say about Mario Odyssey. You know, it's it's just it's just a phenomenal game. I've been playing other things, but that was just like the main one, obviously, because it's it's Mario Week, and that's the game everybody wants to hear about right now. So, well, no, I think people want to hear about any, everything else, like what people think, because I I kind of do want to hear people talk about Wolfenstein Two and Assassin's Creed yeah. or catching up on some back games like Shadow. Like I really want to hear pe- what people have to say about Shadow of War because no one really has talked about that game. That game kind of just like came and went, man. I thought that was gonna be a game like people were talking about for weeks on end, and like when Assassin's Creed came out, people were gonna start comparing Assassin's Creed to Shadow of War and like mm-hmm. how these games kind of, you know, because. Because that first game was accused of ripping code out of Assassin's Creed for the for the climbing mechanics, and it's like, well, if you're gonna steal code for climbing mechanics, maybe Assassin's Creed isn't the game you're gonna steal it from. But like, right? Uh, I mean, not allegedly. I have to say allegedly, so we don't get sued. But like, you know, it. I'm just I'm so surprised that Shadow of War just kind of came and went, and like. All it came and went because everybody was mad about the single player loot box thing. Yes, and like everybody just kind of like played well, like played was... what they wanted to, and then like once they got to that final act, which I hear was a really grindy kind of final act. Like mm-hmm. you know, that's when people started getting realizing like, okay, this game is is starting to like weigh on me. You know, because like I and, listen to a bunch of podcasts. Sorry, Ed, I don't mean to keep cutting you off. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, because I was just going to add. Uh, you know, with the loot boxes and with the uh, with the guys uh, passing away, and the money being funded to him and stuff like that. Like, I think all that controversy and drama made Shadow of War a game. Do we want to support it or not? And I think that was, I think that's kind of what hurt it. I don't know how the sale numbers is for it, but yeah, just the talk of it just died out. But go ahead, Corey. Uh, yeah, but like I, I heard like I heard like I listened to a lot of Giant Bombs content, and they talked about it for like a week, and then they didn't say another word about it. Whereas like, you know, Destiny, they're still talking about Mario. They're probably going to continue to talk about Assassin's Creed. They've talked about you know even some of the indie games like. They were still talking about SteamWorld Dig 2 last week and, and, you know, a hat in time they were talking about. And it's like Shadow of War is like WB's big game this fall and they just totally skipped over it, man. It's and, – and like maybe some of that talk got lost with the EA visceral thing and some mm-hmm. of, like some of these other things that came out. Like maybe it maybe just got passed over because of some of the other things that were happening in the industry. But, man, like – and especially after – Shadow of Mordor was like a lot of outlets game of the year that year. Yeah. And for people just to kind of pass this one over, it was like, man, I'm, I wonder how that game actually did, you know? Cause I only personally, I only know one now two people who have actually bought shadow of war because you said, you said you bought it today at the buy to get one. Correct. 
Yes. Yeah, and my friend, my friend Brian bought it because he's obsessed with Lord of the Rings. And like, and I know we my know friend a lot David, of people. He brought it. <laughs> yeah, and my friend David, he brought it, and uh, he loves it. He says it's so good, and so I was just like, okay, yeah, let me pick that one up because since Switch is not part of the sale. And I was just like, oh, I could do 3DS, but then I was just like, no, let me get into consoles because the only other 3DS is Ever Oasis. It's what I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so. None of my none of my friends got it that I know of. Um, like for me, I don't know. It, like it's different for someone like me. I you know I just don't have a lot of free time, so unfortunately a lot of those games like that just kind of fall to the wayside for me it's not because i don't think that they look good or whatever i just it's just uh you know something that i have to decide whether i want to take it on you know having to spend that much time on it because like for right now it's like occasionally now i i'll play destiny 2 but i you know for a while there i was just playing it like non-stop every day as much as you know, whenever I got free time, it would be stuck into that. And unfortunately, I just don't have enough gaming time to to get into those kind of games as much. Mm-hmm. If I do, it's like one game, you know, like because <clears throat> until like recently, and and you've been talking about playing it lately. Ed, I kind of would like to get back into playing uh, Division again because I I, yeah. I love that game. I it's. It's a really good game, but it but it's kind of one of those games that does take a little bit of of you know time to really stick into it to get get anywhere you know really accomplish anything. So yeah, I've... yeah. I... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Corey. Oh, I was just oh, gonna no, say Corey. like I really liked what I played in the division, and like at the time when it came out, like it had the exact opposite problem of what De- of Destiny One, where like. You know, it had an amazing like single player experience, an amazing campaign mm-hmm. experience, and the end game was kind of like, you know, they were trying to do something nobody had ever done before with the dark zone and and you know going through these hard mode missions and stuff to get get the loot. And like, I really enjoyed what I was playing on the division. You know, I I could have really cared less about the dark zone, but I liked the hard mode missions and doing those with friends. And mm-hmm. like, literally, the only reason why I stopped playing the division was because that Ubisoft update, uh, the second update to the game, the second major update, wiped my progress. Like, yeah, all that's... like all my progress was deleted. I'm like, dude, I've already put, like, 30-something hours into this game. I don't I don't want to start from scratch, you know? So I, I went back to, to Destiny because Prison of Elders had come out and Dark Souls 3 had just come out, and I wanted to try that, so... Uh, well, you got you got it for a PS4, right, Corey? Uh, yeah, but I also got it digitally on Xbox on a sale. Okay, and it was like I think the base game was like ten or twelve dollars at one point. Oh, uh, nice! And like I, I could probably get the season pass for a, on the cheap soon. Like I'm sure there'll be yeah. a sale. I I pretty much after I finished the game, I was like literally done with it. But yeah, I love. I'll return to the division with you, with yeah. you guys, if you want to. Yeah, because yeah. I yeah I do need to get the season pass for it yet too, because I haven't finished the actual game yet. Because How far I, did you... I, I, um, I don't. I gotta be. I've gotta be over half done. I mean, I there. I still got a lot of stuff that I got to upgrade in the in the main 
you know, your main area. Okay. But I don't know what's what takes place after that, if there's more story mode that unlocks after that. There, there's, there's, or... uh, I don't I don't really remember how far the story mode goes. I know there's probably like 15 like like quote unquote story missions, but there's okay. so much side stuff to do, you know, like yeah. the, the yeah. bounties and then collecting yeah. everything. Dude, I was three yeah. trophies away from platinuming the division. <laughs> wow. And they were all like they were literally all collecting, like collecting like the cell phones or collecting the data pads. You know, they were those kinds of trophies. They weren't like yeah. kill this many enemies with this weapon or whatever. Like it, it just Does... it really made me mad <laughs> when I wiped my yeah. Chris. Yeah, and play does PlayStation now do they have a um an online saving type thing, like a cloud type thing they, or they do, but it wasn't they do it wasn't now? a PlayStation okay. side problem. It was a Ubisoft problem and Well like, no yeah. It, yeah. Oh, okay. So they literally erased your yeah, the cloud the, the save game, too. Yeah, the game update oh, because like oh. it's it's like the, it's like what Destiny does. Like your character progress is saved to the des to the Bungie servers, right? Oh. So okay. this the same thing happened because this is saved on the the massive servers, like the the developer servers. Your characters are not saved through the PlayStation Cloud. So even though like my save data was there and for PlayStation like everything I had done up to that point was saved on PlayStation yeah. but Ubisoft deleted my character so like oh. I didn't have a character to play to complete that progress that was saved on my PlayStation so that's weird. it's, it's yeah, like that's... when you're playing Destiny and like you put all your stuff in the vault and then you delete all your characters and start a new one like it's kind of the same situation okay okay Okay, yeah, that that makes sense then. Yeah, because I was kind of trying to understand exactly how. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's weird, and that's yeah, it's unfortunate that there wasn't a way for them to fix that. But yeah, yeah, it it like it only affected a small number of of PlayStation players. I don't know if it affected yeah. Xbox at all, but like PC was the major platform that got hit with that bug. Like something like forty percent of PC players' progress got wiped. It was <laughs> wow. It, it was like it was really ridiculous. It was like this big, huge thing, and but you know, it's. Did they do anything ever to make up for it at all? I think nope. they. I think they offered PC players like a bunch of like the Phoenix currency, which is the, like the currency that you use to buy the best stuff in the game. I think they yeah provided that for PC players, but they didn't do anything for PlayStation or Xbox players, and I didn't like go out of my way to message them or anything. I'm just like you know yeah. what this like. At that time, I had already done almost everything I wanted to do in the game anyway, and none yeah. of the expansions were out yet, and I didn't have the season pass, so I was like, hmm, you know, I'm, I'll just move on. So. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of company companies, when something happens like with their game, they'll just give like everyone, just give everyone, even if you didn't have issues, they'll just like hand out like in-game currency or something. I'm surprised they didn't just do that for everyone. On okay, all platforms. So, so guys, breaking news. Uh, I really don't know how how late this was, but uh, Steven Tolosi, former head of Xbox Live's enforcement, passes away at 45. What? Yep. Uh, this is a story on Polygon. 
Uh, Steven Toulouse, uh, who became well known to gamers as the chief of Xbox Live's enforcement operation for five years of the Xbox 360, died suddenly on Friday. His family confirmed. The family did not mention the cause of death, and then there's pictures and stuff on it. Uh, Toulouse 45 had been a 17 year veteran of Microsoft, culminating in his time as director, Xbox Live policy and enforcement from 2007 to 2012. His most recent resume said he had been a senior security advisor under contract to Electronic Arts. As Xbox Live sharer, Toulouse was involved in many of the policies that shaped the service today. His public stature made him the target of abuse, death threats, and even swatting by those sanctioned for their conduct. To many others, he was known for his good humor and straight shot approach when dealing with bad behavior, which he discussed with Larry Medjernes in Europe. Wow. That's sad. Yeah, so uh, rest in peace, uh, Stephen Toulouse, and uh, maybe later later on in the week they'll give more information about the passing of his death. Yeah. Wow, that's sad. So, yeah, it's yeah, a bummer because uh, yeah, it's, you know, their Xbox is already you know they're kind of in the process of of going in a different direction, and then you know it's always a bummer to lose people regardless, but. You know, it's always now because now they're going to have to try to change that and figure out what they're going to do there. And Right. So, well, um, getting back to, I'm sorry, everybody, uh, getting back to uh, what we've been playing uh, quickly. I have been playing Mario Odyssey, of course, been putting just time and hours into that game. Uh, it's an adventure game with me. It's high up there with Breath of the Wild. Like, it's literally tied up for Game of the Year nomination. It actually pushed Horizon down to, like, uh, third place or second place, I think I said. Uh, playing a little bit more Fire Warriors Emblem, like Jesse said, playing Gears of War 4 with him. Uh, picked up uh, Assassin's Creed, Shadow of War, The Evil Within 2, The Evil Within, Technomancer, and uh, one more game that I picked up uh, for Xbox that um, I'm ready to ready going to be diving in and playing. I'm going to be uploading all of those soon uh, to get into play. But uh, and Dragon Quest 8 on 3DS is what I've been playing before I head back into uh, Metroid 7's Return oh. and uh, in Steam World Dig. But yeah, Mario Odyssey has been the talk of the town that has been stuck in my Switch. Oh, Yono and the Celestial Elephant. Um, I'm almost done with that. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've pretty much been playing. Just loving the adventure and discovery of Odyssey. The the game is just amazing from top to bottom. And I just love that people who are playing it, who are getting the game, are really satisfied on how polished the game is. So uh, that that I'm having that much fun with it. Oh, also been playing Halo 5 also, getting more of that uh, together. And I'm getting ready to beat the finish, finish the rest of the second half of that game because I want to get into Halo 4 and I want to get into Dead Rising 4 and 3. Uh, need to play that. Uh, but yeah, that's what I have been playing. Uh, and uh, there's one more game that I need to get for Switch that I need to download. Uh for for the sale for the holiday before it ends. 
So, but uh, that's what that's what all been in our arsenal of what we've been playing. So we're going to go into well before our... before we get into oh, news. Like you mentioned, you mentioned the Technomancer, and like yes, I I played the Technomancer. I didn't finish it, but if you are looking for a Mass Effect style game where you're making choices and like you know. <clears throat> really like you're making choices and your choices matter for the story uh and you want like a a really cool kind of sci-fi story and rpg like i recommend the technomancer it is it is a it's not a fantastic game but there are really good ideas in there and there are really cool moments in that game that you know if they if if someone gave this team i think I think this team is uh, Spider, Spider, yes. Spider Interactive or something. Spiders. Yeah. yeah, and like, if someone would give them a chance to like really give them a budget and maybe flesh out this world or whatever, like, the Technomancer was a really cool game. That like, it was a really flawed game. It had a, mechanically, it was kind of messy and whatever, but like, it had a lot of cool story moments and a lot of cool boss fights. And uh, if you're looking for that Mass Effect style game more like mass effect one and not mass effect two or three, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I would go out on a limb and almost say it played better than mass effect Andromeda, but you know, it's, it's a cool mass effect style game. So if you're kind of looking for one, I, I would check out the tech, I, I would check out technomancer if you find it on a sale or cheap or something somewhere like it, it was a cool game. Yeah. Actually, uh, so I got it for Xbox One, Corey. I didn't get it for PS4, uh, cause it was actually cheaper on one than PS4. Uh, and Tales of Berseria is what I got. Is the other game. So all of that stuff I'm gonna upload and play. Technomancer is probably gonna be the first one that I dive in. Uh, and then Wolfenstein 2, I'm gonna dive in. Um, even within two and uh, Shadow of War, I probably played Shadow of War for like an hour and then try a little bit of the Evil Within too, uh, because I haven't played the first Evil Within. But buying it from PS4 during the sale, like I got the whole season pass, just like everything with it. So I want to try a little bit of that uh, before I get dive into. But yeah, that's all I've been in our arsenal. What uh, what's we been playing? Uh, so now it's our next seg- segment. Usually it's uh, our arsenal news, but I think it's gonna be our news block. Uh, so me and Corey have some good news for you Xbox fans and Nintendo owners. So I'm actually gonna let Corey go first, and then I'll jump in right after him with uh Xbox news. So we'll go back and forth. All right, we're gonna we'll get into these we'll get into these news bits, the Nintendo news bits. So, uh, as I pull up these notes here, uh, in case you're wondering, <laughs> like this this feed will sh- this same show will show up on the Pal Block and the Arsenal X feed on YouTube and on the podcast services. So, yes, uh, I I meant to say that at the top of the show when we were doing this, but like. You know, these crossover episodes, whatever we decide to do, if we're going to keep doing them or if we just, you know, they're kind of one-off things every once in a while, like, they're going to show up on both feeds. So uh, just just so everybody knows, like, if you subscribe to both shows, you are getting the same show for, for both uh, podcasts this week. So uh, don't freak out. It's not a mistake. I promise. So, uh, okay. 
I know we don't live in Canada, but Switch is outselling every other console in Canada in 2017. Uh, 2017 has been a huge year for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, the console is hugely popular in the United States, uh, has much, several must-have games, and is routinely a best-selling console around the world month to month. But it's doing even better in Canada. The Switch is the best-selling console so far this year in Canada. In 2017, the Switch is outselling PS4 and Xbox One, and that's despite launching in March. Uh, the, the Switch has sold an impressive 209,000 units in Canada this year, according to Toronto Star. By comparison, the PS4 has sold only 205,000 units this year uh, with a three-month lead time. So, uh, good news, good news. You know, uh, really happy that the Switch is doing well globally. Yes. Uh, and I'm glad that, you know, we have some friends from Canada who have bought in Switches and they, they love it. You know, Adrian, always always playing Mario Kart, streaming Mario Kart, doing that stuff. I want Adrian to make a Switch game. Nintendo. Yes. Give, give the Frozen Machine a, a, a dev kit, please. Thanks. Yes. Uh <laughs> Uh, uh, actually, I went into work today, and uh, all the Mario Odyssey switches are gone. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of figured, you know, it's, it's a big deal. Well, yeah, no one bought it. Well, actually, no one brought them. Uh, Friday, so, but to see them, so they, I, I'm assuming people brought them Saturday, and yeah, yeah. So <sighs> that's good. Yeah. So. So, but for all you Xbox owners who also have a Switch, uh, if you are a person who has the Xbox Game Pass, you have a top quality games coming from coming to you guys in November. And if you don't know what Xbox Game Pass is, it's uh, it's their like Netflix kind of service where you'll have uh, it's just a big library of games that you could download to your system, full like full versions of these games that you could download. Play them and then take them off your system. It's ten dollars. It's ten dollars a month. So if you're that kind of gamer, uh, you will enjoy these seven new titles that is coming to the to the platform. So they're going to uh, highlight Metal Gear Solid Five: Defense of Pain, uh, one of the best games of 2015. So that's good for you guys. Oh, is that you... on Game Pass now? Yeah, that is on Game Pass. So uh, and it's just funny because I just bought the game. For Xbox One, which is fine. I love my physical copy. I can't wait to start that game. Uh, but you're also going to get Resident Evil HD, Halo Wars Definitive Edition, Our World New and Tasty, The World of Van Helsing, Death Trap, Skyforce Anniversary, and Mega Man 9. Also, you guys, if you still own uh, the Xbox One games, the backward compatibility is available now. But if you own Xbox Game Pass, Ninja Gaiden Black will be one of the 13 games coming to uh, Xbox Game Pass that you guys could check out. They're part of uh, the uh, backwards compatibility uh, lineup. So if you guys are into it, yeah, check it out. Uh, we don't know what games are going to be taken off the system, but yeah, those games, if you have the Xbox Game Pass, really top quality. Mega Man 9 is a definite must play. That game is a definite must play. It's hard as ever, but just stick with the good music, great platforming, and the only female robot in the Mega Man uh, enemy lineup. 
Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, man, I, I didn't... I mean, Game Pass is sound and sound and more and more like a great deal. Like, I'm... <laughs> I I'm really thinking about like just biting the bullet and just being like, you know what? It's got a ton of games on it now. Like, I mean, leading off with Halo five and gears, like that was a uh-huh. good start. And then adding metal gear and halo wars and like all these other awesome games. Like, oh, man, it's just, it's becoming a better deal than I ever anticipated it being, you know? So, yeah, I think I'm going to get it after the holiday. I just mm-hmm. kind of, in you know money saving mode right now whatever i can for for christmas and stuff like that but i think i probably i'm gonna starting next year probably get it mm, yeah. yeah yeah that's that's my my thing too like after christmas and like you know my wife and i celebrate hanukkah because you know she's she's jewish so we we do hanukkah and everything and you know it's not really as crazy as christmas in terms of like gift giving but we still get each other something small so like you know i've i've got two holidays to save for so you know some like some of these games may have to wait till after christmas and whatever and but like i'm in the same boat as you jesse like i'm kind of looking forward to jumping on game pass after after christmas or the new year or something so uh yeah yeah, because I want to play like DMC and stuff. They because they, they've got such good games on DMC's there. DMC's on there. Yeah, the the DMC I believe is one of the games that's on there. Amazing game. So, so yeah, because that's where I played it. Uh, I played it and tried it out on there when I had the uh, the uh, couple day or whatever uh, freebie, the pass or whatever. Yeah, the fourteen day, so, whatever the trial. Yeah. Yeah, the trial. Yeah. I still haven't used mine. I might, I might just pop mine on soon, just to, just to do it. Um, yes. Yeah, they got some good games in there. I there was, I think, like maybe eight or nine games that I had downloaded while I while I had it. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. Get through DMC, Devil May Cry, Jesse. You must play it. <laughs> the yeah, best I, game. So good. That is the best game that will probably never get a sequel, and it makes me sad. Yes. Yeah. It literally yeah. sucks. Oh, my gosh, dude. The yeah, way they left that hanging, I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. Well, I'd like I, to see I that mean... and, and Bayonetta have a crossover. Gosh. <laughs> Nintendo, Nintendo publishes DMC2. <laughs> Capcom. <laughs> Capcom and Platinum again? Eee, that's a dude. That's, that's like a that's battle. a sour pill to swallow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, dude. You... But seriously, what if Nintendo went and just went to went to Ninja Theory and was like, "We're just gonna give you all of our Wii money to just be like, you can make your DMC sequel. We'll publish DMC one definitive edition on Switch. They and then they would have to. They would have to." Buy Capcom first before that happens. Why would? Oh, because Capcom owns DMC. Yes. Ew, gross. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but, but I'm not stopping you right there because that's as we talked about last week on uh, Power Block that Capcom would have some financial trouble if allegedly. Yeah. If Nintendo does buy it now, they own DMC. They will. They will own that property. And if they go to Ninja Theory. Because Ninja Theory is independent for that to happen, I think Ninja Theory and platform and Platinum probably can work well together. Um, I, I, my 
my ideal is that I think they respect they they respect each other's works, and Ninja Theory is never this and this is what I love about Ninja Theory. They've never been trying to be like Platinum or anything, and Platinum has never tried to be like Ninja Theory. Mm-hmm. You know, they both have their own vision on action games, and I think they both can come together and make a dope project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves like by a lot, but <laughs> I. <laughs> I want to see like some of these games. I think some of these games could really thrive on Nintendo platforms. I think, especially now with Switch and people being so hungry for content on Switch and and just how well it works and how awesome, how solid the Pro Controller is. Finally, like that Pro Controller, man, it's it's so good. Like I've been playing ah. Super Mario Odyssey with it. Like it's just so <laughs> it's so good, man. And like, oh, yeah. Anyways, be- but Corey. You have more Nintendo news for us, don't you? Yeah, speaking of Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Odyssey is, quote, the best-reviewed game of all time on several game rankings, including... Well, shoot, I was wrong. Including Metacritic, game rankings, and various other outlets. Uh, it currently sits at a score... At not, of 97 on Metacritic and 97.2 on game rankings. Uh, according to this article, I could, it's probably been updated by now with some more reviews coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, Nintendo has seven of the best-reviewed games of all time, including Super Mario Odyssey at number one, Super Mario Galaxy at number two, Breath of the Wild at number three, Ocarina of Time at number five and Super Mario Galaxy 2 at number six. So, I just want to say, Nintendo obviously killing it with the Switch. Zelda is a masterpiece. And Mario Odyssey is a, in a class all of its own in terms of 3D platformers. Like it, these, Nintendo is still proving why they have the best game designers in the world like their their games are second to none man like they can be like you can go in and play it as simplified as you want to play it you know you can go into mario odyssey play through jump around get some moons move on to the next level beat the game in like eight ish hours right but then you can spend like 60 hunting down all these moons right it's just amazing like zelda Zelda you could probably beat realistically like if you want to like experience a lot of the content but not all of it realistically mm-hmm. a realistic playthrough of Zelda probably 15 to 20 hours right like just a yes fly through beat all like probably 20 25 shrines maybe go through all the dungeons and then head to Ganon dude do you know how many hours I put into Zelda? I just checked because I'm trying to I want to go through the master trials before the champion stuff comes out. Uh-huh. I've put 230 hours into Zelda. Not surprising. That Dude. is not surprising. And it's I like, not smart. Like I said, my good friend Tony Zilakakis put 300 plus hours in Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> X. So <laughs> Dude Oh, by the way, Ed, I forgot to tell you, speaking of Xenoblade Chronicles X, my Wii U 
now has a new permanent slot in my entertainment center because like I'm I want to go yes. back because after I beat Odyssey, I want to go back and play Galaxy and I want to go back and play 3D World again. And I want to like theoretically in my brain, this is how it's going to work where like I want to kind of compare those games and I'm, I want to go back and play new Super Mario Brothers, probably you because it's the easiest to get back into, you know. Um, I, I need to catch up on Assassin's Creed Black Flag for Wii U so I can help you get the last multiplayer. Dude, 6%. There's three challenges I need to do, man. Three challenges, and I have okay. no Wii U friends. <laughs> I have a question. Um, Did they bring uh, Pikmin 1 and 2 to, to Wii U? Uh, no, they brought it only to uh, Wii you can. Oh, okay. I think it was you only can purchase on Pikmin One, the new play control Pikmin for Wii on the Wii U eShop, because they brought a bunch of okay. Wii, a Wii games to the eShop. Yeah, and okay. I think I think the first game is one of them. Okay, Pikmin One. Yeah, because yeah, if honestly, if the first and the second were uh, both available on the Wii U shop, I'd probably be tempted to eventually get one here with the. Hopefully the prices of them, you know, dropping for used. But you can get a because I, you can get a refurbished one straight from Nintendo for one hundred ninety nine bucks. Oh, okay. Right now, All I right. mean, I know you can probably get it cheaper somewhere, but like, yeah, it's got Nintendo's seal of approval and it's one hundred fifty bucks off, and it comes with Nintendo Land and new new Super Mario Brothers. So, yes, okay. I mean that's yeah a, because because I I I'd love to go back to the Pikmin games again because that's. Like, uh, I talked with Ed about this. Uh, it's basically the, like, my franchise, my franchise for Nintendo that's, like, most important to me is the Pikmin. I, like, I just loved those games. I unfortunately never got to play three, but that's what I'm most looking forward to with owning a Switch. I just, I wish they would bring, uh like, all three of them into a collection for for the switch you know i could i could see them doing a start doing collections of games like for switch that people maybe you know even though the wii sold so much i'm sure a lot of people skipped a lot of the games on wii like galaxy yes. and, and you know the zelda games and stuff like if they did like a galaxy one and two collection a metroid trilogy collection a pikmin trilogy collection you know stuff like that, and started bringing them over to Switch. Like I could see Nintendo start to do that. They've got, they've got enough, you know, high-profile games that they could start doing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I and I think like there there's a lot of people obviously that are getting the Switch that are in the same situation I'm in, where they may have liked Pikmin, but they never played three because they didn't get a Wii U. Mm-hmm. And so for them to kind of bring like a whole collection to the Switch, I think would be it would be a massive seller. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Dude, well, Wii U so good. Wii U is an amazing <laughs> system. I hate the gamepad, but everything else about the <laughs> everything else about the Wii U is amazing, I except for that gamepad. Game I that wish game there was just like a peripheral so that you could like plug your switch into the wii u just by like a giant <laughs> usb cord and just use the switch as the gamepad. <laughs> yeah kind of like what they 
they kind of almost did with the with the DS or whatever the 3DS. Didn't you basically? Couldn't you plug it into the the Wii U and use it as your controller? Yeah, you could adapt it. You could like wirelessly attach it to your Wii U. Where like I know a lot of people. I think it only worked on like three or four games. I know Monster Hunter was a big game that it worked on. Smash, Smash, okay. obviously a controller worked with that. Okay. I don't think Mario Kart. No, not Mario Kart. Uh, uh-uh. There's one other game that was kind of worked that way, but I don't remember what it was. So. Well, everybody, uh, November's games with Go is top quality right here. Are you sure? Um, November- yeah, uh, November first through the thirtieth, uh, you can get Trackmania Turbo. November sixteenth to December fifteenth, you can get Tales from the Borderlands, a Telltale Games. Now those are the Xbox One ones. Yeah. Now for Xbox three sixty, November first through the fifteenth, you get Nights into the Dreams, uh, and November sixteenth through the thirtieth, you get Deadfall Adventures. So those are the first four games that is coming to Xbox Live Go for November. Member. Borderlands, yes, definitely. I would say Tales from the Borderlands is one of Telltale's best things, you know. Yes. Uh, but anything else is just kind of like, meh, meh. I've no, I haven't played that yet. I, I still gotta go back and play Borderlands too. Like I played it a little bit, but what I, I, like oh, I've only played one. Like I played one a lot. Oh, okay. I I didn't really get into two. I didn't. I just didn't get a chance. Get around to it. It's not that I didn't like it or whatever. I just it just kind of unfortunately fell to the side, and I just never got got around to playing it. But I do have both of one and two, and and the the Telltale thing looked always looked interesting. I just never never looked much into it. So nice. Ooh. Nice. It's a nice. Very nice. <laughs> Don't you start, Jesse? You just like you. My wife. <laughs> My wife. Oh man. So Corey, any more Nintendo news? Yeah, we've got, we've got. Uh, well, we've got like one and a half stories. Uh, Splatoon is getting uh, a new stage and a new weapon. Uh, that's the half news story, which, you know, they've been putting out regular content every week or two weeks or, you know, they, they've been just packing that game full of stages and weapons. Uh, but the, the last story here, uh, Nintendo confirms Breath of the Wild DLC is still coming this year. Uh, while everyone is talking about Super Mario Odyssey, there's another Nintendo masterpiece that still isn't done. Zelda Breath of the Wild has big DLC on the way, and Nintendo confirmed that the DLC is coming this year. Uh, the confirmation comes... <laughs> two confirmations were made. Uh, one coming from Reggie at the Super Mario Odyssey launch event in New York. And then uh, Eiji Anuma, the producer of the Zelda series, also recorded a special message for fans uh, later this week uh, about the Champions Ballad DLC pack, which is uh, releasing before year's end. It has been delayed from their original release window their internal release window uh but they said they just want to polish it and make sure it's the best possible game that you can play uh and anuma asks fans to just please hold on a little bit longer uh their their internal 
I think was November 10th, which is when the Amiibo are coming out. Yeah. Uh, but they did say that it will be before year's end. So that'll be good. And yes. I'm really excited because, you know, my two game of the year contenders still have DLC on the way, which is Horizon and Zelda. And like, yes, I'm I'm like 99.9% locked in on Zelda. And, and like, I'm not going to judge my game of the year stuff off DLC, but just like the DLC is going to give me a chance to play in those worlds a little bit longer just to confirm my list for, for our game of the year discussions. So, uh, I'm actually really excited for game of the year talk this year, man. Like last year was, was cool, but it was kind it was our first, first time doing it. You know, it was our first kind of real game of the year discussion for for ngr and now that we've kind of been through it before we know what's coming it's it's exciting to do it again and like there's so many good games to talk about this year that it's just like man can't wait i can't wait yes of course actually finally i actually finally beat uh zelda on my on my uh switch the other day uh last week because Yay. i i was gonna i was At least gonna try some to other person on this the... panel beat it ed huh <laughs> what'd you say Corey? i said at least one other person on this panel beat zelda <laughs> stranger days comes to minecraft <laughs> so everybody know that uh from past friday Jesse, I'll let you get back to your story after this. I'm trying to get out this comment out of that uh, conversation. Uh, Stranger Things, uh, the second season has came, come out on Netflix. It's available for you guys to watch. But along with that, Assassin's Creed, Origins, Super Mario Odyssey, and Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, all dropped on Friday. Also, though, uh, Stranger Things costumes are now available in Minecraft. So if you guys are big fans of that series, you guys and you have Minecraft, you can pick them up. Uh, the costume pack offers quite a lot of its $3 asking price, featuring several dozen different costumes for Eleven, Murray, Billy, Chief Hopper, and more from both seasons one and two. Um, that also means the pack technically could contain spoilers for the second season, so you may want to hold off on seeing what the pack has in store until you're done watching. Uh, Mahjong does have a trailer for it, for so if you guys want to check that out, uh, do uh, but yeah, costumes for Stranger Things and Minecraft. That's awesome. It's really awesome. Uh, but quickly, my last story. Um, I kind of sent these this, the guys a note about this one, but I actually wrote them the wrong thing. Um, a Death Clan beat the Leviathan Ray in Destiny Two, and uh, you know it's kind of really cool. Uh, the clan name is Destiny Era Always Famous. Uh, which is Death, and they uh, beat the uh, Levi Leviathan Ray in Destiny 2. And uh, me and Quarry was talking about this because in this raid, there's a lot of communications uh, that you have to use. Uh, and I don't want to spoil anything about on how to get through it or stuff like that, but there's things that you have to do and are kind of call out. Well, uh, these guys, they uh, they use a program called Glide to quickly message each other, assign a code for the letters for the symbols that's on it. Um, the puncher has to quickly decipher all of those symbols and rapid succession, then choose the right one. In the average one, they'll need to do this eight times. 
uh, a perfect one where only need to go through one cycle of four. Um, but they say it's wild, but it's doable. Uh, and you only have a limited amount of time to actually strike or the entire group will wipe. Uh, so Corey would know more about that. But yeah, they beat the Leviathan Ray and they're deaf. So uh, using the program Glide actually helped them be able to uh, get through it. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That, ah, man, I like, we have trouble enough communicating just like hearing and, and hearing each other and, and just talking over each other and stuff. And f- for the simple fact that, like, you know, they did it without like hearing each other. Like, I, th- th- I'm sure there, there's simple ways to do it. Like, if you're have a dual screen monitor set up for PC and you have a game, like, you're, playstation or xbox hooked up to one and you're using you know an instant messenger app and in a service or whatever like you could be doing that but like the coordination it would take to do that and the and just like the things you would have to like write down to make sure you're you're typing in the right thing or you know communicating the right thing to make sure everybody can read it correctly like that's that's some Wow, I mean, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed because we have a tough enough time beating it just yelling at each other, you know. So, <laughs> uh, congratulations to them, man. That's that's pretty cool to to see, you know, that much time and effort and collaboration and you know just sheer willpower, honestly, <laughs> to do that is, is cool. Yeah, it's always awesome when stuff like that happens, you know. Yes. Like- you you see you know people that are determined and and they uh take something like that that just you know would normally be difficult for anybody and they prove that they can do it even with a disadvantage in some ways you know and and prove people you know that they can do anything it's just it's awesome you know when people do that stuff and it happens quite a bit you know yeah. It yes. just you know, just proves that yeah, you can that anyone can really do anything if they try hard enough. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to Def uh in Destiny Two. Congratulations guys for beating that raid. Yes, that was pretty cool. So but before we get into this is congratulations our... in sign language. Oh wow. Not that they're watching <laughs> us, but like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But before we get into our power exchange, we're gonna take a break and we will be right back. That's code for Ed has to pee. <laughs> Can I go? Can I go to the bathroom? No. Okay, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll be right back. <laughs> if you guys need to go get something to drink, go ahead and do it. <laughs> <sighs> I might pee too. I'm not sure. We'll see. Yeah, I, I actually think I might try to quick, just in case. Better safe than sorry. Right.
What is he pooping? There he's like me and was uh grabbing eating something really quick. <laughs> uh, start starting to get hungry. But I'll figure out what I'm gonna eat later. Not really quite ready to eat anyways yet. Hmm. I need to I I'm not looking forward to this week at work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my 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 friend Pat like is that issue too. We were kind of talking. Uh, he was, we were talking about some issues that he was having with work, his work, where like any time they ask him on his days off, you know, <clears throat> if he wants to come in and work, they he basically he will. Every single time they ask, he comes in and and works, even though he it's his day off. But then when in return, if something comes up and he knows like a week or so in advance that, you know, he would like to have a Saturday off or something like that. And he asks, they almost never give it to him. And so I said, well, you know, if they're if they're not going to give give every once in a while when you're giving all the time, then just don't don't always go in every time they ask you to come in on your days off then, because if they're you know, if they can't give have a give and take then then they don't deserve it yeah because i mean i don't know i just i just feel like you know like if he's proving to them that he that it's not about you know not wanting to work he's he work he comes in he works all the time on his days off you know, the least they could do it. Cause it's not like he asks, like he almost never asks for days off, but the, the, the one or two times that he has, like they, you know, like in short, you know, in, in a short time period anyways, they haven't let him, you know, take it off, <clears throat> which is a bummer. Cause I mean, he's tried, he tries to get someone, you know, call and do all that and find someone to fill in for him on his own. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I get it. I like next weekend. Next weekend, I well, this week I work. I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, nine to nine to four. And well, Monday, Tuesday, nine to four, and Wednesday, seven to four. I'm off on Thursday, but then, <clears throat> then Friday I work seven to eight or. I work 10 to 8. Saturday, I work 7 to 8. And then Sunday, I work 9 to 8. And it's just like, man, there's there's other people here, guys. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Just, just talking about work stuff. How much I worked this week and, like, how oh. his friend is having some issues at work, too. And it's just like, man. I just, like... Uh, that's why I'm glad we're doing this crossover episode so I can just kind of yeah. like yeah 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 so yeah and honestly I if we yeah if you guys did you know did pout even decided to do try to do do them sometimes on Sundays I'd be more than happy to join you guys yeah that's... you know if you do pout 
power blocks on on Sundays or whatever. I'm kind of I'm kind of liking this I crossover. Like... Oh. Okay. Well, I mean, I can I can see where people would probably still rather still like to just have their, you know, talking about one system. Oh yeah, I know. And and that's it, you know. But but yeah, if you do it every once in a while, I I don't think it would be an issue. Yeah, I think yeah. like I mean, it it depends on like what our work schedules are, but like I wouldn't mind doing Tuesday's episode on mon- on Sundays. I mean, that's fine. Because like definitely with my uh, work schedule about to change for holidays, because uh, people uh, this week they just did overnight for some of our employees, so like I'll probably be working like Monday through Friday in the morning. So and then trying to rush and with my niece and my sister working at the same job now, it's just like uh too much. So yeah, I wouldn't mind doing power block on Sundays. Yeah, so. Yeah. And then maybe it would help help us cut down on on you know because like sometimes we we run you know not that it's that it's uh, you know excessive or usually we end up running longer on Arsenal X because it just kind of happens but yeah but you know that, that <laughs> yeah. might that might uh, might help us keep uh, us schedule we run longer on power block <laughs> sometimes yeah yeah but I, I see what he's saying though like it would help us keep a schedule because we know we have more shows to do oh yeah yeah, yeah. you know because then you know because you, you guys are gonna still want to you know try to get to bed at a at a, you know before you have to get up <laughs> so yeah you know yeah yeah up to, yeah, it's up to you guys. But like, like I said, I I love talking about other stuff too. You know, I you know I love talking about Xbox, but I look talking at, about other stuff too. It's I love it because I look especially at boss, this year. I look at the boss man. I follow his leadership, and I I go with his decision. Yeah, Mister <laughs> Derek is in charge. That's boss man. If he wants to move power block and merge and do all of that, I'm down. Uh, Anything that he wants to do, I'm I'm supportive. I'm down for it. He has control. Yeah. Well, we will. We shall talk about it this coming week in our chat. Okay. Uh, oh shoot! I forgot to turn the hall light out. If she wakes up, she's gonna smack me. I'll be right back. Oh, go ahead. Like three seconds. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean to go to the. I was just like, ooh, I feel like I gotta go to the bathroom, but I'm in news. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's fine. It's not it's not that big of a deal. I gave me a chance to grab something else to drink, and yes, I I ended up using the bathroom too. All right, I'm here. I'm back. <laughs> I think we all did actually. We all went and used the bathroom. <laughs> I even got some water. Yes. Ah, thirsty. All right. All right. So, are we recording? Are we ready to go? Oh, yeah. We've been recording the whole time. I didn't stop. Oh. Can't okay. stop, won't stop. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Arsenal Block. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So in this last portion, it's normally our Arsenal exchange, but it's going to be our uh, block exchange. We're actually going to be talking about uh, Microsoft and Nintendo in this discussion. So my original topic was with Xbox One X coming out, uh, does Microsoft need to drop the prices on their old games? That's one part of it. Now, with Nintendo Switch being so popular, can Nintendo really uh, fill stores this holiday season? And will that guarantee more sales for games uh, for the system? So, let's start with uh, Jesse, I'm going to come to you first with the uh, uh, Xbox uh, question. Did you think they need to drop prices for their old games if they want to sell more from Xbox One X since they're about to provide the 4K experience and upgrades and patches and stuff? Yeah, I I definitely think it would be, you know, in their best interest to to kind of you know, have some, even if it's just, you know, certain sales or deals going on digitally, Mm -hmm. like they could have like a massive, like, uh, like black Friday style, like thing go on just on the Xbox and kind of try to push some of the content that that's looking to be upgraded for the, for the new system coming out. I think that would probably be one of the best ways to do it. I mean, they could probably look at physical, but I think that might be a little bit, take a little bit more, you know, with dealing with stores and stuff like that to get it, get it to kind of, or just tell them, I guess it, all they'd really have to do probably, huh, is just like say, hey, the prices have dropped and then the stores have to drop them. I guess I don't really know how that works exactly. Well, That's up, up, up to the stores. If- Normally, if they drop it in the stores, it would be up to if they're dropping it also on digital. Because sometimes sometimes the store prices are different than digital, and we don't know when they're going to be dropping. Uh, and Microsoft could do like a five-hour sale where they drop yeah. it 75% off, and none of the retail stores would know. So yeah, or they, or I mean, they could just like a, like I said, you know, do like a even just like a day or. Or even just have like an ongoing holiday sale where every every twenty four hours the content maybe changes or something for like three days or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. just have like a have like a three day like three day sale, but yeah, every twenty four hours the content maybe changes and like some of it will stay the same, but there's you know just, I guess because that that would be a good way for them to give like uh, you know like the people that like third party and and uh um you know smaller developers and stuff give them a chance to kind of decide like companies decide whether they you know are okay with their content being being dropped in price and stuff like that you know i I think that would be a cool cool kind of thing to do what you think Corey? um well, part of me is like, if you're going physical, a lot of the game, a lot of at least Microsoft's first party games are already cheap enough to be like, okay, I'm going to get an Xbox One X. I can pick up Halo 5 for 20 bucks. I can pick up Gears of War 4 for 20 bucks. Like, th- those games mm-hmm. are 1999 or cheaper if you go, like, you go to certain sales on Amazon or whatever. If you want the physical copy, you know, you can yes. get on an Amazon warehouse deal for like Gears of War 4 right now on an Amazon warehouse deal 
used but in in like new condition is $14. Like that's a steal, man. And like, you know, you can go to GameStop and get them used and stuff. Like wait for the Black Friday buy two get one deal whatever. But like I'm going to get an Xbox One X, Halo 5, get an Xbox One X support 1999. That's a steal, right? You know, Gears of War is a steal. Forza Horizon I think is 39.99 Horizon 3. You know, and if you don't want to pay 60 bucks for a racing game, you can get Horizon uh, real cheap or like 40 bucks. You know, Halo Wars has already dropped in price. So, like, I think if they, I think if they like restocked these cheaper games that are getting Xbox One X support, plus, mm-hmm. like, you know, they have the support of Shadow of War, Assassin's Creed, uh, you know, Destiny 2 is really popular. Uh, getting the 4K support and the day one uh, or the November 7th update for Destiny 2 is going to have HDR support for PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. Like, you have the support there from third parties. I think it would be cool if Microsoft... Remember the... the the not, not the greatest hits program, but the thing that they had similar to that where they came in the gray cases for Xbox 360... Oh yeah. What if they yeah. did something cool like a like a different color green for the Scorpio or like a charcoal case and be like now enhanced for Xbox One X and just re release like repackage these games. The games that have Xbox One X support and like, you know I it, I think they'll that will come come down later. I think once once they uh Well, I'm just saying like I think that would be a cool idea to let oh. everybody know be like, hey, this game has Xbox One X support, you know, and so it'll still say like Xbox One on the case, but yeah. the pack, like the paper packaging, the paper sleeve inside will say enhanced for Xbox One X. I, I think that's coming next year. Mm-hmm. I think once, yeah, that's why I said like once they kick in the 4K support for that game, uh, maybe a week or a month later, that game probably would get a, a re-release for physical copy. Oh, I agree with you. And yeah. I, I mean, I even think they could re-release some Xbox 360 games in Xbox One cases and just have them say Xbox 360 backwards compatible on Xbox One enhanced for mm-hmm. Xbox One X. Because like Halo 3 is getting HDR support for Xbox One X, the 360 version. And so like, you know, some of these 360 games that are getting enhanced, you know, Red Dead Redemption, that'd be a cool way to prom- like hey, that'd be a cool way for Rockstar to be like, hey, did you not play Red Dead Redemption 1? Did you Do you need to catch up? Like, we're re-releasing it with Xbox One X enhancements. So it's 30 bucks. Go buy it and, you know, get hyped for Red Dead 2. You know, like, I think, yeah. I think that'd be a cool way to just repackage the games and make people get excited for these games again. Because, like, a new box is... is something people get excited for you know it's yes it's it's almost like a collector's mentality or like i mean i remember how excited i was when like i would see the green labels for ps1 games or the red cases for ps2 games or you know the the yellow gamers choice sticker for uh uh, nintendo games you know it's it's just a cool way to let people know say hey these games are something that have done well for us if you haven't picked it up yet here's a cool new way to purchase this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm down for that 100%. Um, I think th- uh, 
Kind of what you just said, Corey. I think that would be a good idea for them to be able to attract players to who are built, who are new to the system or new to the brand uh, to pick up some of their great titles. Like that would be cool to see like Forza Three, not not Forza Three, Forza Horizon Three. You know, actually drop in price that it makes it more affordable. And just like you, also Jesse, you know, do do digital sales like drop them down in price maybe for two weeks and be like the week of Xbox when X releases. All our past games are now nineteen ninety nine for two weeks for digital sales. Don't forget, and if you buy these games, you can play them anywhere on Windows Ten. That's a good. That's a way you could good call deal. it. You could call it Xbox Zodiac Sale, and all the games that have Xbox One X support are on sale during the weeks that Scorpio is the Zodiac sign for the week. Yes. Bam. Bam. Hire me. Yes. Yes. I'm literally just sitting here in my spare bedroom looking for a new job. Please, Xbox. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Just saying. Yes. 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 That's everybody. That's how I am. When when an idea like that just takes every, just take the cake, (laughs) just, just molds it in. Yes. Yes, that's why you are a boss man. That's why you get uh, love, and yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but let's get into our second uh, part of this question with Nintendo Switch. Like I said, they're you know building momentum for their system. Got good, you know, they're selling very well. As like Corey stated with Canada, um, it's the you know it's the hotness. Uh, do you think Nintendo will be able to get enough in for this holiday? Uh, go start with you, Corey, on that one. Um, I think they're going to do the best they can. I personally think they've been like holding back systems now. Like, <laughs> I mean, they've been putting out systems as they can, but like, I think they're stockpiling for. You know, the Mario bundle specifically, I think they were stockpiling systems for that. And, like, you know, Black Friday is going to be another big day where people are going to want systems. So I think they're getting ready. They're purposely holding back the systems they can put out now so that, you know, on big days when people go shopping, like like Black Friday is a big day, and they're going to want to have systems on shelves for Black Friday. Even if there's no deal or, like, just, like, a small deal through retailers, like, you know, I'm sure Walmart will be like, hey, you can have a $50 gift card if you buy a Switch or whatever, something like that. So people will buy it, use the gift card on a game. You know, that'll get people into into Walmarts and stuff. And, and you know, that's money for Nintendo, you know, if they spend it on a game because who wants a Switch without games, you know? But, like, you know, I, th- I think they – I don't think they're going to have enough to meet demand, but I think they're going to do the best they can can because they've been holding systems for those days they expect people to shop a lot yeah strategy yes yes strategization (laughs) what about you jesse yeah i i think i think i'm kind of the same with Corey. um yeah, I think I've noticed I don't know about by you guys but i've i've noticed that when i've went to the store and any time they had switches in, it seemed like they were maybe only getting one uh, just switch by itself per every two uh, of the bundles. 
it seems like they like they're putting bundles out more than anything else mm-hmm. because like uh, like ultimately that's all i've really seen in the stores were bundles i i did the a uh, couple like a last week i think it was i there was um at, at the walmart by me they had a regular one regular switch but they still had a, whole, a couple of bundles so yeah, I think I think maybe what they're doing is just for right now when the new games come out, they put the bundle out and then hold on to those systems that are just individually packaged and then, you know, like Corey was saying, waiting to kind of just ship those all out during the holiday, you know, <clears throat> shopping times. Well, with with well, that's probably a Walmart exclusive. Uh, because like Target and Toys R Us, they just when it comes to getting the systems, they would get the gray one or they'll get the red and blue one, and it's oh, not okay. planned on when they show up. They just show up, like okay. and so Walmart is probably doing some kind of exclusive bundle where they have the system in certain games, and that's that store's business of bundling yeah. them, because yeah. uh the other stores don't have it like that. But besides GameStop, maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, because if if like for my job when we get switches and stuff, we get them five in the box, and we okay. won't know. Yeah, we won't know if they're the gray ones or or they're the red and blue ones until we open up the case and look at uh, pull it out and see which one it is. Okay, yeah. all right. So, but uh, yeah, I really do hope. Uh, they do get out more systems uh, because uh, it's going to be the hottest thing. They they've been advertising more the switches everywhere than they have for Xbox One X and PlayStation. Which brings me to my last question for this discussion. In case if you guys don't have anything else to discuss, uh, is Microsoft is and Nintendo putting the pressure on Sony, like? Is this going to affect the Sony business because they really don't have anything for this holiday um, that that's going to make them still, you know, make the people want a PS4 or is or Sony's just like where you guys are really just playing catch up to us. I think it's that one. I think it's the they they don't really care because they, you know, at this point, they just look at it as Xbox playing catch up. Yeah. So I'm sure they're they're just worried about next year and and stuff like that right now. They're not really too worried about about what's going on with them, I think. Yeah, I think I think Destiny and Call of Duty and Battlefront are going to carry them through the holiday. You know, I like Sony never has a big first party game in the fall. I mean, they have Gran Turismo Sport, but like mm-hmm. you know, that's for a really kind of niche audience right now. Uh I think they're they're saying, look, Xbox needs to play catch up to us. Nintendo's console's too new to be any sort of threat to our throne right now. You know, by the time Nintendo catches up, we're going to be talking about our next system. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And you know, by the time this comes out, we're going to know what's coming at at uh, Paris Games Paris, from them. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, PSX is what three weeks away, four weeks away. Uh, yeah, I think so, three weeks. You know, I think they're they're focused squarely on, you know, Q1, Q2 of 2018 and, you know, maybe a couple games for the fall. Sony, like, as as prominent as their first party library is, like, we still don't know when any of these games are coming out. You know, they're, they're 
they have you know they have the list of games like Detroit, God of War, Shadow of the Colossus, uh, Days Gone, Death Stranding, uh, Last of Us Part Two. You know, I'm sure at some point we'll hear about Sucker Punch's game. Mm-hmm. You know, Spider Man is another big one for them. Like they've got they've got a lot of you know on paper they've got a lot of quality titles coming, and you know they they know that those are going to be system sellers. If somebody hasn't bought a PS4 already, those are going to sell systems. You know, I remember back in the day, God of War coming late into the PS2 life cycle was like a huge system seller. And, you know, God of War 2 was the reason why I didn't get a PS3. You know, it was God of War. I'm like, you know what? We're still getting, we got Final Fantasy 12, God of War 2, and Kingdom Hearts 2 all after PS3 launched. And it's like, you know, if, if, if people were sticking around PS2 for those games, like the games that they're going to put out next year are going to sell systems. You know, it's, it's just like, they don't, they don't have anything to worry about because they've sold 60 million units. But do you think, do you fear, do you think that they actually scale back for this holiday? Like why wouldn't they try to take advantage of any holiday sales? No, I think, you know, they, they have their strategy where like, look, we've seen this since they, since the second year they launched, they haven't had a first party game besides kill zone for a mm-hmm. ho- for a holiday release. They've done super well in the, in the February to May area for their first party. And then they let their third party marketing and their third party support speak for itself in the fall. Like that's their strategy. They're sticking to it. And you know, Maybe and they have so many games on their plate that yeah, next year they're probably gonna have some sort of Sony published game for the fall. That's just how their mm-hmm. lineup's gonna work. Spider Man, I'm guessing, is gonna be that game. You know, that's a that's a huge property. It's sell like Spider Man sells a ton of toys, a ton of costumes, all kinds of stuff, you know. So, you know, my nephew's obsessed with Spider Man. He doesn't even know what video games are and he saw that trailer and was like loving it, you know. He he's obsessed. So like Spider-Man's going to sell systems on its own. God of War is like the changes they made is going to sell systems, you know, and and they've done well for themselves selling games in the spring. And, you know, I think Microsoft is kind of looking at that tactic and saying, maybe, you know, we've got Assassin's Creed, Shadow of War this fall, uh, Forza, PUBG is the huge one for Microsoft this fall. Like, yeah, we have the second and third party games this fall that's why they push crackdown you know they're like look let's push it to february or march we've got a strong spring with sea of thieves crackdown and state of decay you know we're looking into fall after e3 with halo 6 and whatever else they've got under their belt i think microsoft is actually learning quite a bit from sony and you know if microsoft starts you know giving us a high quality profile first party titles again and coming up with new IP and allowing rare to do what they're doing and bringing back some major IP like fable and creating a new IP that's similar to horizon Sony's horizon, like Sony. And I'd say probably like two or three years, Sony can start being scared of Microsoft and being like, wow, they've, they've grown so much since Phil Spencer took over, you know, they're, they've got the games now they've got the hardware that's more powerful. Like, 
that's when Sony's going to be scared. I, you know, I, I don't know if Xbox one is ever going to catch up to PS4. And, you know, I think the Switch, I think Xbox and PlayStation both look at Switch as a complementary console as opposed to comp- direct competition. But that's what I fear, that they're not looking at them as competition, as as, as Switch is being looked at competition. Because, I mean, to be I, fair, I, feel... I don't really look at Switch as competition for Xbox or PlayStation either. I think Switch is kind I... of in a nice little slot where it's its own thing. And, mm-hmm. you know... If Nintendo aims at being everybody's second console, they win. Because, say, let's see, if if every if half of the audience who you know they buy an Xbox One or a PS4, they're looking for a second console. Let's say half the people that have bought a PS4 or Xbox One buy a Switch as their second console, that automatically puts Nintendo ahead, mm-hmm. and that's what I think. You know, that's what, you know, Sony or Xbox, like, I don't want to say they don't realize that, but, like, that's not what they're looking at. But then Nintendo will come out of nowhere and be like, look, we've sold this many units because people love us as their second console or their handheld console. I literally was just thinking about this when I was driving. Uh, Blackouts, when you lose power. If you, you know, instead of, you know, playing a 3DS or, you know playing a phone game and stuff, if you could still get a console experience uh, and Switch provides that console experience, like, hey, a third, like, okay, I, me and my team want to run Destiny, but we can't. But let's just say you have some local friends who got Destiny, and if that game was on Switch and y'all all just got together, maybe there's a McDonald's that's running somewhere <laughs> that's still functioning. And and while you guys are waiting for power to come back, you or you know you guys could probably play in a car, um, or you can just pop in Splatoon and play some <clears throat> Salmon Run. Yeah, you could do that too. Like like you could still get a a good video game console experience with the Switch now. Yeah. Instead of yeah. it's instead of relying on an internet connection and. All of that, you know, stuff and everything with the PS4 and Xbox One, that would save a lot of people. Be like, hey, I just need something to really waste time, and I kind of want something big and full. And you can play your Switch in your car, like get the car adapter and bam, playing Odyssey, spending time with Breath of the Wild, like getting a big time to play that game. Yeah, that actually that happened to me this year uh, in the summer. It w- we had a really bad storm and yeah. it was like it was really dark out because the storm was so bad and our power got knocked out and so uh, I, I have you know, my son and and there's no lights no no power nothing so we were kind of bored and we had to light candles to be able to see any anything and so I just put prop my uh, switch on on my uh, on my table and then me and my son just played some Mario Kart. <laughs> to get to for something to do with the power being out, so yeah, it definitely came in handy in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, I think Nintendo's in a good position right now. I, I mean, this is the best they've done since the DS and the Wii, right? I mean, it, I think the Switch is in a great position to be a lot of people's second console. You know, I, I've told you before, so many people who wrote off Nintendo after the GameCube even, like, 
are coming back for the switch because of how good it is you know a lot of people i work with you know they n64 and gamecube were like their first console because i work with a lot of of teenagers and kids working in a restaurant and they like they were all up in 360 for call of duty and halo and now they're coming back to nintendo and it's like really cool to see people come back and that's where microsoft and sony should take notice and be like wow nintendo's doing something really cool and different and has a lot of quality software right now maybe we should you know maybe we should look at them as a competitor but right now you know sony even came flat out said like we don't see nintendo as a competitor we see them as a complement to the ps4 which is basically saying hey our handheld sucks so go buy nintendo's if you want to if you want a vita buy the nintendo switch <laughs> so but but the thing but but the thing about it is it's just is i i guess it sh- it just feels that you know if i could get that equal experience on my switch instead of uh you know try to play a game on ps4 and stuff like if I can get that same experience on Switch, that's uh hey, that's a guaranteed sale for third party. And I still get that experience on Switch. The frame rate, well, the sixty frames per for a second and that big graphical ability that PlayStation might offer, that's I don't think that will matter to people who are looking for toward for you know, for Doom to come out and looking forward for Wolfenstein two to come out. Like I think if Red Dead Redemption 2 came out on Switch, uh, I think more people would buy that because, yeah, like I said, like a power outage and stuff. Or, you know, maybe, maybe uh, I wish Netflix was was able to download, have that download thing on like on mobile where you could download a movie mm-hmm. to. They to do. It. Netflix does. Yeah, that's what I said. But if that oh. was able to come to Switch, well, like they, oh, push- I mean, they said Netflix they, was coming Q1, right, of 2018. I'm sure that. Yeah, I'm sure but, that'll yeah. be some somewhere. Yeah. But if that of that part of the download part where you could download a movie from Netflix to your Switch, if that was able to to come, and let's say you do have a power outage, but you could watch your movie uh, that Netflix movie on your Switch with your family. Th- that would actually jump up the uh, jump up the si- uh, people wanting the system more over PS4 or an Xbox, and so that would definitely now put to me personally. I feel like that would definitely put uh, competition into Sony. Like you just can't, you just can't be like, well, it's just a it's a system that complement. No, if no one is talking about your system. And you're not really seeing the same movement of your system like you were seeing when you first came out. You start getting worried. You were like, okay, now how do we get how we get our system back on getting a hot street? Because with the system that we thought that was complementing us, that thing is still on a hot streak. And if that goes into next year still being on a hot streak, and our our system sellers are slowing down. It's not complimenting no more. It's competition. So mm-hmm. what are you guys as Sony going to do to get back to where you feel like it should be complimenting? And, and, and Switch kind of has that threat over Sony right now. So I think Sony is probably, Sony needs to be worried. They need to be, they need to, 
yeah, they can have the, all the biggest games and stuff, but like, like I said, Sony will put that game out. They might market it for like two weeks, and there's no talk about that game no more. Pe- Nintendo still marketing Breath of the Wild, still marketing ARMS. Like well, they do because, funny stuff. I mean, like I told you, like the games that come out that like Zelda, pe- people are still talking about Zelda right mm-hmm. now, and like the reason why they're not talking about Horizon right now. I mean, like people are talking about Horizon, but like the reason why people are still talking about Zelda like it's a new release is because for a lot of people buying Switches, it's still a brand new game. You know, people who didn't buy a Wii U are buying a Switch and are like, well, Zelda is clearly the best game on the console right now. Let me buy that, you know, like in the same with Odyssey, you know, people, people who are buying a Switch, you know, I was talking to Moose yesterday. He's like, my plan, my plan is to buy the Mario Odyssey bundle and then buy Zelda with it, you know, because like those are the two games that are must haves on the system. And that's why people are still talking about Zelda is because it hit at the right time at a console mm-hmm. launch where the system is hot and people are still buying it. And Zelda is the killer app for the type for the system. And, and that's that, why Zelda is still in the conversation today. And that should be worrisome to Sony because it's just like, no, like I said, um, a couple episodes back, it's just like, okay, the frozen wild lands for horizon like that's the new conversation about that game mm-hmm. that's that's a problem i mean it's you... not a pro it's generally it's not a problem though because like look horizon came out in february that's 10 months ago that's an eternity eternity in video games especially a year when an awesome new game comes out every three or four weeks right yes nintendo just has the leg up on that conversation because the switch is new Whereas PlayStation 4 has been out for four years, has 60 million units out there, and Horizon's Horizon, it, yes, it's their best first-party game. I am going to go out and say that, like, mm-hmm. including all the remasters of like even The Last of Us and you know the Uncharted stuff, and I think Horizon is their best IP hands down. Uh, it is the game to sell you on a PS4. That said. In a in a normal video game landscape, ten months is an eternity, and for especially for a single player game that takes about forty uh, thirty to forty hours to complete if you do everything, maybe twenty if you're fast tracking through the story. Yeah, and that's it, you know. And the DLC is the way Sony gets to keep Horizon in the conversation. And like I said earlier, Nintendo's just in a unique position where they have a new system and Zelda's the one of the greatest games ever made and it's just like the perfect storm of look everybody still wants a system everybody wants to play zelda and that's why zelda is still in the conversation sorry that was a rant i'm sorry no no that's good <laughs> that's that's good it, it's 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 just it's hard because like horizon's such a great game and i honestly it, it is i honestly think it, like in a in a in a non in a perfect world, I think Horizon deserves to still be talked about just because of the of you know the storytelling and the characters and like how they handle a lot of things that video games don't normally handle well and you know they they did a lot of awesome things with that game and the unique perspective of a post post apocalyptic 
world where humanity's rebuilding itself and these robot dinosaurs is a cool new perspective and Aloy is an amazing female character and like they did a lot of things right with that game and they deserve to be talked about just as much as Zelda. So so I wonder why Sony is not talking about it like Nintendo talks about Breath of the Wild or ARMS or Mario Odyssey. Mark like marketing wise, they'd be like, Oh, it's Valentine's well, Day. Hey I mean, everybody, give your love snipper clips and, and and market it that way and they'll they'd be like, Oh, this is a goofy fun thing. You can also do this goofy fun thing and snipper clips. Like they continue that conversation and marketing for that game throughout mm-hmm. the months and throughout the years. Or and it just feels like it feels like with Horizon or with most Sony games this game is out it's got all these awards well it's i mean it's much, it's the like general past is there's, there's no more discussion about it it's the general marketing cycle where like okay our like we make a push maybe three or four weeks after the game's out and then we're looking to our next major game that's coming out you know we're looking to to e3 this is what we got coming you know this is what people can look forward to now that horizon's out and like they're going to start making another marketing push with Horizon because the game or the complete edition comes out at the end of November. Uh, you know, so they'll make another small marketing push for Horizon and hopefully they'll Zelda have their DLC so they can compete again <laughs> for mm-hmm. for the conversation. But, you know, Sony has a lot of games they still need to do marketing for, which, you know, Nintendo has really done a great job of positioning themselves to be like, look, we already said we're not going to talk about our 2018 games until our 2017 slate has rolled out. But and that but was I, smart I've, on them because Sony yeah. Sony showed God of War, like what two years ago now at this point, and it's like mm-hmm. still not out. Like I'm excited to play it, but like. It has it done the Watchdogs thing where like they showed it too early, uh, you know? Is the hype gone down? Are people already looking forward to other games? And like that's the same thing with Death Stranding and Last of Us Part Two. Like they showed a lot of games really early, and it's good to get people excited for things. But you got to have that good balance of like this is what people should be excited for soon, and you know we're gonna show the stuff other stuff that's in development later. But I think the pro- I think the problem is is that with with that it's like and Microsoft even does this. There's there is no follow up. I think mm-hmm. because Nintendo has a Nintendo Direct, with some of the games there is a follow up to what they show in uh, at E3 yeah. or or any game that they show. There there is a some kind of constant follow up, whether it's in a magazine, whether it's the direct, or they just automatically just drop a new trailer for no apparent reason. Like, Sony and Microsoft, those two, they completely don't do that. So yeah, I that's think something that needs uh, to change. <laughs> they need to do that. They need and, to start doing that. And maybe that's probably why the the uh, conversation about those games just, just stops and fall off because they're not making us conversate about that. Or, you know, getting people interested in when they get a new system hey check out these games and and do this like i i feel like they would be like horizon now is 1999 that's it that's the next conversation after the dlc after the game of the year edition 
Like, well, that doesn't tell me nothing about why I should have this game on the system. Where where Nintendo is taking, looking at every opportunity that they can to market different stuff. Look at how they did like Yoshi's Woolly World and stuff. Like they were they they was doing trailers and funny commercials to market Woolly World. And if you go back and you look at those trailers now, you would probably still laugh and be like, you know what? I I really might want to go get Woolly World. Yoshi Willy World. Like that kind of marketing, that kind of communication Nintendo is still doing. Mm-hmm. Microsoft, I think Microsoft and Sony need to pay attention and and you know really do because like if no one is talking about your game and you as a company just move on, the person that that is talking about that game doing the marketing, that's gonna keep sales coming in, going into their system. It might be a game that could be five or six months old and you know people have moved on from but if they could get it in and at least get like maybe 500 a thousand copies so that's money for that company over your game only made that much money at the beginning of the time to sell and now it's not doing nothing yeah yeah i think there's definitely a lot of situations that we can look back even in the past and and look like if you really pay attention to some of the uh, the games that that had some of the most memorable uh, commercials, those games seem to be some of the best selling games, even if they weren't that great. Like like some of my favorite commercials were the, for uh, for uh, like the ones where they just any game where they have like some kind of character in them. You know, like the they make them funny. Like I, you know, everyone remembers like the Battle Tanks commercials and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like all those games that that really spent time to make a really interesting and fun commercial. I think ended up doing better. And like a lot of these games, like the Call of Duty and stuff, some of them have done stuff where they've made it interesting. But too many games will just have like a basically just a trailer of of a gameplay and that's it. No, no character whatsoever, and it just gameplay can only get you so far. You know, you really gotta try to make someone interested in the game. Right. And like like is uh, it Crash Bandicoot had some of the best commercials I think. You know, back in the day when those first started coming out. And some people would argue that those weren't really that great of games, but look at how well they sell. Even now, when they release that bundle, you know, for PlayStation, it's it's sold a lot, it's sold really well, and well, and it just it, proves that it, some of those it's so well in Europe. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and, and that's more of a concern. That like, okay, yeah, you sell more in Europe, but. Every time you talk about Crash Bandicoot, you only mention that continent. You're not yeah. mentioning nothing about America, nothing yeah. about Japan. So that, so yeah, you're using it big on Europe, but uh, what about the other numbers? What about the other continents? But go yeah. ahead, Jesse. Well, yeah, they should talk about that too. But it's, but it's still like they those were very popular games when they first mm-hmm. came out, and they had some of the best you know, most interesting commercials and it just, the, you know, the guy in the suit and it was just goofy and they were fun and they, they were just memorable. Whereas, 
you know, some some of these games, it's just like the uh, rated E, and it's it's like all you hear is the game rating. That's all I it's, remember from it. it so, there's just nothing about it to catch so, your eye. It's so funny that you mentioned Crash Bandicoot when they were trying to they have that ad with Crash Bandicoot trying to yell at Nintendo's headquarters with the microphone oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like. I'm like, oh, so y'all trying to get on Nintendo, and then Mar- Super Mario 64 just still dominates, just beats both crashes all together. Like, yeah, yeah, you guys were a copy, not of of us, but our game is kind of more historic, and really, no yeah. one talked about Crash One or Two until like this remaster. Like, yeah. like, well, see, Mario I, 64 I was always big into them. I was always big into them. Like everyone that I knew, like my sister is like obsessed with Crash Bandicoot too. But, but yeah, I guess it's just a kind of a, maybe just a, my experience, but those were the, like some of my favorite games, it's, like on the PlayStation. It, it's funny, you know, with uh crash Bandicoot never shows on a hundred games of all time, never shows up on those lists. It's always Mario 64. So, yeah. so it doesn't matter how how that ad looks. Just be like, oh, you just never end up on any games of all time. This and Mario sixty four does like that. Like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, anything else, guys? Hmm. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I was gonna. There was one oh. other thing I was gonna mention. I just go ahead, what's Jesse. Your, what's your guys' thought was on the? Uh... On the whole move that GameStop is is making. Oh, the six month uh, rental thing for sixty bucks yeah. or something. Wait, yeah. I didn't hear this. Yeah, this what? is like a leaked thing where GameStop is pro- starting to provide a service for, uh, you know, well, not starting, but I guess some leaked documents came out for sixty dollars for six months gets you unlimited access to used game rentals. Oh well, and, no! And I think what they're kind of doing is, I actually, is it's almost like a rent to own. I thought, like if you you pay the money and then like you could get well, you a get a game. Like you basically pay for the game, but then you can bring it back and get your money back or something like that. I thought it was something like that. Oh, I the thing I saw was sixty dollars for six months. You get oh. all this access, and then. Like if you if you have like the elite membership and the this pass, you get like a if you end up wanting to keep the game, you get like a forty percent discount on if you want okay. to keep the game. Or oh no! Like why that. why not just buy used? Or I I think it's a bit uh, terrible idea. I think I'm... this totally screams. Look, we're losing money to Best Buy and Amazon on their gamer club deals, and it's like we need we need to find extra revenue sources. <laughs> yeah. So, cause our thinking stuff is not working out. Neither. Okay. Well, yeah. What is this? Is, uh, there's one more condition. Only GameStop power up rewards. Members can participate. So yeah, the paid membership. What is it? I don't know what this something about 1499 a year. Oh, that's, that's how much you pay per year for the uh, membership. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, or the regular. Yeah, that's yeah. so they're just kind of talking about that. But yeah, I yeah I don't know. Yeah, because it's like they're basically going for like that, that game fly type thing. Yeah, yeah is I, what they're trying to basically do. 
I think it's a terrible idea. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, they, I, because, I just, because I just. What uh, are people switching out with? Because I don't know if they're gonna have like a GameStop logo on it or anything. Because if they don't put nothing on that disc, and let's say I rent it and I, you know, I got that on, only reason why I rented it is so I could get a good copy and return a bad copy to them. Yeah, I, I'd imagine they would probably put something something on it, like you know, like you used to have at Blockbuster and stuff. They had that sticker that would go on. Yeah, the, yeah. Like it's, I'm okay. sure they'll do something. But from what, but like my, my worry was is like, if it's only like for used games, if you don't have that many copies of a game in, you know, of a used game in, mm-hmm. let's say they only have one copy of, you know, Witcher 3. Well, if someone comes in and they wanted, they were planning on possibly buying Witcher 3 used if they had it. Well, someone's borrowing it right now, and you know they may get it, they may not. You know that's that's the only thing that I was thinking of that might kind of be negative about this is just if people that are coming in to want to buy stuff, if the the uh, the amount of things that they can pick from to buy stuff from mm-hmm. is lower because everyone's renting the used copies of stuff that they have in, that would kind of be a bummer for the people who actually want to buy the game. It's, it's the best so, buy effect all over. Yeah, Not yeah. best buy, blockbuster effect all over. Yeah. 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 Well, but I mean, blockbuster was, you could buy it possibly, yeah. but it was mostly for renting. Whereas, you know, you didn't go in there necessarily to, just to go shopping to buy and, stuff. And for Xbox and X for Xbox players, if they got the Game Pass and it offers that same game, why rent it from GameStop? Yeah, yeah. No, like and with play and with PlayStation or PS and the PlayStation or whatever, you know, if they continue to give out good flash sales every other week, or you could find that same game like for cheaper than uh, just renting it, why not just get it there? You know, I think there's alternatives to uh, play a game uh, that you're interested in. You know, I, I guess that might just be me getting my physical self and digital self. Of I might as well just buy the game outright instead of just trying to rent it and stuff because, I, you know, like I said, I always want to build up my gaming library. You know, I don't I don't care about running a game. I want to own it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I think this is just like they're trying to find alternate ways to gain revenue because, you know, so many people are, if they want physical, they're going to Amazon or Best Buy, you know, for deals or like Target's buy to get one this week mm-hmm. was better than any deal GameStop's run on new games, you know, and then they the think geek stuff's not working for them. You know, publishing games is a so-so effort for them. Like they, they need extra revenue if they want to stay relevant. So this is just a, probably another so-so idea for them. And I mean, we'll see if it works or not, but I mean, like Jesse said, like I think a lot of people that do this are going to be mad when the games they want aren't there. Like if you go in with a list of four or five games and they're kind of popular games and they're not there, Especially 
if you want to go rent Nintendo titles because a lot of Nintendo titles aren't ever there, you know, used. Right. Uh, so. And then if you want to get there, buy two, get one free on the used games, and the ones that you want are mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, that's going to yeah. run into issues on their other, like, their big summer clearance sale, their buy two, get ones four or five times a year. Like, they, I think this is honestly, this honestly might cause them more problems than it will good in the yeah, long run. I, so. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, like, yeah, my thing that I brought up is definitely, I think, a reason why they should probably think about this before they make make that decision because yeah it's just a bummer if you're you know you play the people who it's almost like they're they're uh punishing the people who have the only people who are giving them service still you know because if they're if a lot of people go there to buy used stuff and you know, especially during the deal, you know, times when they have deals and, and if you're making it where your collection of stuff to pick from for used is lowered that much, then you're, you're only hurting those people that want to buy stuff. And yeah, I just, I don't think it's a good idea at all. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. It's going to be interesting. I guess we'll find out, but yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody, uh, Corey, you got anything to say, or because you? No. Okay. Well, everybody, that has been our crossover episode of Nintendo Power Block and Arsenal X. Yes, we didn't get the <laughs> throw at the X today. I snuck it in there <laughs> once. But... <laughs> yes, yes. And Corey's just doing his Nintendo shenanigans. Woohoo! Yes. Um. But yes, you can find us on NGRRadio.com and on NGR Radio on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us, everybody. Um, and also, we would like to hear, get some questions for you guys. Hear your thoughts and stuff. You can email the show for Nintendo at PowerBlock at gmail.com. Correct, Corey? Nintendo PowerBlock at gmail.com. Nintendo. Nintendo PowerBlock at gmail.com. And for Arsenal X is ArsenalX at gmail.com. ArsenalX, correct? ArsenalX podcast at gmail.com. Arsenal X. <laughs> I I'm gonna have to write this stuff down for Ed. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> but uh, uh, as usual, Jesse, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at sub underscore humanist. Okay, and then, yeah. uh, oh. that's it. <laughs> yeah. Corey, we can find you. You can find me at Corey and UHD on Twitter, Corey and HD on Instagram and Twitch. Uh, after I get a couple things done for my wife and her business, I'm gonna start really streaming especially some switch games i want to start streaming uh switch games and you know uh assassin's creed and wolfenstein so those will be coming up shortly uh i know i've been promising streaming for a while but uh there's been some issues that i i just got to get these projects done for my wife's company first before i can start streaming again so uh yeah that's that's about it and you guys can find me on Twitter at DevRetrico and check out my podcast, Optional Opinion, on SoundCloud. I was just going to leave it right there. So once again, everybody, thank you. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Um, we will see you next time. Uh, it's a possibility I might not be on next episode due to some work things. But I want everybody to have a great time listening to this episode. And with that, we are out. Woohoo! Bye, everybody. Yes.